long before there was Stephen King, there was Edgar Allan Poe. He, you know the, the classic The Raven? Well, this is some interesting stuff because a group of researchers looked into the idea that Edgar Allan Poe, his, his death certificate was lost a long time ago. Uh, apparently he had a, a wacky life. I mean, he had, he's this larger than life historical figure. He was known for binge drinking. He married his cousin who was 13 years old. Eek. He suffered from what they think was depression. And one of the uh, theories about his death is that he committed suicide. A group of researchers got together to challenge that. Here to join, to uh, talk about the research and what they've concluded, Ryan Boyd. He's assistant professor of behavioral analytics at Lancaster University. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So what made uh, you and other researchers decide to look into Edgar Allan Poe's death? Well, really, the, the question started with uh, my colleague, Hannah Dean, who became very interested in Poe after reading some about how he died. And it's actually, it's been a mystery for a really, really long time. So he disappeared for a little while, and then some people found him, and he was wearing someone else's clothes. He was completely confused and disheveled. And he's kind of slipping in and out of consciousness. And he died a few days later, and it was just a really baffling situation, and no one really had a good understanding of how he died. And over the years, people have come up with a, a number of theories ranging from things like uh, rabies to uh, sexually transmitted diseases to things like uh, being beaten up and, and taking part in a voting fraud scheme. And one thing that, that caught our eye was that people suggested that he may have committed suicide. And that's one theory that we can actually test with, with today's methods. So we decided to jump in and take a look. Yeah, one of the most interesting things about your research that caught my eye is the fact that you decided to test using technology. Tell us how you did that. Yeah, so we used... Uh, some modern software that we use to quantify people's psychology from their everyday language. And so this is based on a good 20 years of research now that shows that we can do not a perfect job, but a pretty good job of measuring things about a person's psychology from the words they use in everyday life. This includes today things like emails, text messages, but also people's personal writings, things like diaries professional writings like poems and things like that. And we can use this to understand things like a person's personality, whether or not they're extroverted or depressed or things like that. And we decided to take this and apply it to Edgar Allan Poe. For um, most of his life, he was a pretty prolific author. He wrote a lot of poems and short stories, but the Edgar Allan Poe Society also has collected a bunch of his personal letters, more kind of authentic correspondences between friends and family and colleagues and things like that. And so what we can do is we can take the system and measure language that we know is related to depression and quantify how depressed he is at any given point in time based on the types of language that he's using. But how would fictional works be, you know, uh, fit into this? Because it's a work of fiction. It's not his personal letters. I get those personal letters and scanning those with the computer, but the fiction, wouldn't that throw you off? 
You would think so, but actually, surprisingly, it works pretty well for fiction and professional writing as well. And, and there are a couple of reasons why. One of them is that, so in the past, traditionally, psychologists have been fascinated with Poe since at least the 1920s. But what people used to do is go in and look for language about depression or about suicide or things like that. So the more that somebody would talk about suicide, the more they would say, oh, this person is probably suicidal. Hmm. Now, of course, for works of fiction, that doesn't really hold true because you're writing what the character's thoughts are and things like that. Sure, it might inform the plot line. Exactly. And for someone like Poe, it may be the plot line. Right. Um, now, what, what we found over several decades and thousands of studies, and not just our lab, but labs all over the world, is that there are certain things in language that we don't typically have conscious control of that still tell us whether or not a person is depressed. So things like self-references, words like I, me, and my, things that we find, it doesn't matter if you're writing an email, if you're making a post on Facebook, if you're telling a story on the spot that's completely made up, we generally don't control how much we self-reference, how much we use different types of pronouns, and they tend to be relatively stable across different writing contexts. So if you are a high self-referencing person, you're not only likely to be fairly depressed or to some degree uh, troubled or insecure, but that seems to be the case whether you're uh, writing personal letters or if you're telling stories. If you're a high self-referencer, you, you use high self-references across everything that you write. What else, what are the other five measures that you were looking for? Mm -hmm. So for this one, there were the, the three big ones. So self-referencing is one telltale sign of depression using very few, we call them we words, first person singular pronouns, words like we, us, and our. These are hallmarks of depression in part because uh, one, one of the big components of depression generally seems to be social withdrawal. So people who are depressed tend to use more self-language and less language about uh, the groups to which they might belong. But don't writers uh, tend to be kind of self, uh, like withdrawn because based on what they do for a living? Most definitely. <laughs> so, so do researchers. <laughs> right, okay, got you. <laughs> and the other three, two of them are pretty obvious. People who are depressed use a lot more negative language and much less positive language. The one that is a little bit less intuitive to people is that people who are depressed or highly stressed tend to use lots of, we call them cognitive processing words. We also call it working through language. These are words like think and know, understand, maybe. Words that reflect that someone is actively thinking through something or trying to solve problems. So Edgar Allan Poe, he was he was quite prolific. You took a, a whack of his work and you entered, I'm guessing you uh, got a computer to, you, you know, entered it all into the computer. The computer did the work, analyzed everything. How long would something like that take? Well, the the actual analysis part, super fast and easy. The, the long part was the work that uh, the first author, Hannah Dean, did which is actually going through and collecting all of the texts and putting them into files and preparing it for analysis. 
And so how do you do that? Do you scan it or are they already somehow in ebook form and you can then, uh, you know, grab that and, and bring it and put it into your computer program? For these, we were super lucky that the, the Edgar Allan Post Society has posted all this online. So it's already machine readable. They've already transcribed everything. So they really did the hardest part of the job for us. Okay, so we're dying to know, maybe a poor, poor choice of words, I get it, also pun intended. Do you think he committed suicide at the end of the day? Uh, what did your research uh, conclude about Edgar Allan Poe's demise? Well, we don't think that he committed suicide. So we looked at three different sets of his, his texts. We looked at his stories, his tales. We also looked at his poems, and we looked at his personal letters. Now, when we look at his stories, his more professional writings, we don't see any clear signs of depression at the end of his life. If we look at his personal correspondences, his more personal life, we do see much stronger signs of depression uh, leading up to the year and during the year that he died. Now, you could interpret this a little bit either way. We were almost certain that he was going into a depression towards the end of his life. But if he'd committed suicide, we would have expected to see that same pattern emerge across all of his writings. So we've done research in the past with other poets, and we find that the poetry of, of those individuals who do die by suicide, you see it in their poetry, you see it in their professional writing. We didn't see that here with Poe. So my guess is he probably did not commit suicide. Wow. I find it fascinating that you can use a computer to determine that. Ryan, I want to thank you for joining us. It's been really interesting. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. Ryan Boyd is Assistant Professor of Behavioral Analytics at Lancaster University talking about Edgar Allan Poe. Take his works, plug it into a computer, see if, uh, you know, uh, it ticks any of the boxes with language that is related to um, suicidal, you know, thinking and patterns of linguistics that are commonly associated with people that have suicidal thoughts. It's fascinating what we can do with computers now. I think that raven drove him nuts. (laughs) It's always the bird.